Welcome to TV Chinwag, where we take one part cheeky talk, two parts witty banter, and dump in a whole heaping spoonful of snark. It's TV Chinwag. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Jules. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan, and with me as always is my co-host, the woman who puts Jules in Jules Vernian dystopia. It's Jules. <laughs> Wow, that's yes, um, that's how we're living, baby. A Jules Vernian dystopia. Oh, you've just lifted the whole tone of this uh, podcast, well, I think. There, Ryan. A, well, it was a five dollar word. So. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm getting that on a t shirt. I think. Mm-hmm. And yes, any you world, totally any world with me in it would be a Jules Vernian dystopia. <laughs> I can tell you right now. Just why I live, which is why I live alone. Um, yeah, it's safer that way. <laughs> safer for everyone. Um, <laughs> hello, Ryan. Um, it's good to be back. We've got a couple of uh, superhero shows to talk about um, this week. We're going DC across the board with Gotham and the Flash. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Both new shows this season. But first of all, funny, have we? It, it is. It, it, it's funny how Marvel owns the box office, but DC owns the TV. Right? Yes. Uh, yes, you could probably say that. Although, um, really, across the board, if you look at the next five years, I think both of them own, will be will be certainly saturating the box office. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a point in the next few years where their schedule goes beyond my estimated time of death, <laughs> the way they're going. Well, yeah, yeah, has to, yeah. Um, oh, thank you for speculating about my time of death. Um, well, you're you're quite old, so. <laughs> That's true, uh, which is very exciting, although part of me sort of sighs and goes, I do hope people remember that there are movies out there other than superhero movies. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I've, I've heard lots of people that are complaining about these superhero movies and that they're sick of them. Well, you know, don't go um, iron- s- Ironically, um, Guardians of the Galaxy was such a hit last year and I, the ironic part is obviously it's a Marvel comic book, but it wasn't necessarily a superhero. And I think I think people kind of appreciated that, to be honest. Yes. Uh, I think there is a... Uh, although, obviously, these superheroes all have very different stories and many different iterations of their stories over the years in comics, I think there can be a tendency for the movies to seem a bit, little bit samey. But look, the point is, you know, great. All these movies can be made, but don't forget there are other movies out there that are really awesome. I got a chance to see um, Interstellar on its opening night this week. Uh, A movie, uh, it's the new Christopher Nolan movie, one bound to cause lots of discussion, I think, um, about what people think of it. Uh, But the main thing I think is I'm glad it's out there. Um, it's uh, not a superhero movie, so there you go. That that's the only thing you can say about it. You're glad <laughs> well, I don't want to. I'm realizing that people. It's only just opened this weekend, so most people won't have seen it. And I really don't want to um, uh, talk about it uh, before people have seen it. Uh, suffice to say, it's got lots of spacey things and a robot in it. So those things always guaranteed to make Jules happy. Um, I. I do have lots of criticisms of other parts of it. I have a heart of stone, so the emotional stuff didn't move me at all. Um, but I would much rather have what I think is a, a you know a flawed movie like Inception than um, 
than not have it. Uh, so definitely go out and see it. If you can see it at IMAX, do, because it is a visual feast. Uh, they actually specifically filmed um, 75 minutes, I think, in total of it. Um, and uh, for IMAX, and that, yeah, it, it shows and it was just, you know, really stunning to watch. So go and see it. Here's 100 and... So should I go and see it tonight? Yes, yes, definitely do. Right. Be good to see it early on, um, I think, because it is the sort of movie that will be talked about a lot because there's a lot to talk about because it's not perfect and it's uh, got high aspirations. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested to uh, hear what you think of it. Mm-hmm. Cool, very good. I uh, look forward to it. I, it looked good. I heard a lot of people on Twitter, people that I quote-unquote respect, say, hey, it was really good, so... Usually that's all it takes, and I'm there. Um, yep, that's definitely. And look, yeah. Nolan's always going to make something that interests me, even when I don't enjoy it. Like, I didn't think the last Batman movie was fantastic, but there was a lot to talk about after seeing it. And, you know, for me, that's part of seeing a movie. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I wasn't, you know what, to be honest, I didn't like any of the last Batman movies. I mean, it's not that I didn't like them. But, like, people were talking about Dark Knight Forever being the best movie ever made, and I, I thought it was far from that. Um, I, I really liked the Joker and what he did and, and how that played out, but the rest of it, I, I wasn't terribly crazy about, to be honest with you. Mm. Well, yeah, I quite liked uh, it in terms of plot. Uh, it was the last Batman movie that, yeah, really lost me. But, look, Nolan's made some of my favourite movies, things like um, uh, The Prestige, uh, Memento and Inception mm -hmm. are always movies that will be yes. you know, ones I'll re-watch a lot. I think he's... Uh, Definitely The the Prestige and Memento are, are my all-time favourites. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I suppose I'm just saying in a big way... And, and look, a lot of people will go to see this movie. Yeah. Um, but there are also, I'd like to remind people, there are a lot of other smaller movies out there that don't get uh, the coverage. I know, I know we're meant to be talking TV, but I'll just briefly talk. Uh, there was a Australian horror movie out re earlier this year called The Babadoc, uh, which um, is now did not do great um, business in Australia, probably because it was only released in 12 cinemas. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then it's hit the UK and it's doing really good business. It's got a great buzz around the the traps. Uh, I think it starts in North America shortly. And um, it's it's one of the best horror movies I've seen in years uh, on all, you know, on all fronts. You know, it's like, it's of the genre of sort of The Conjuring or, or Mama. And I think it's better than both those movies. But a lot of people won't get to see it because it will be it'll be at your art house cinemas or you know it's not going to be across every screen at your multiplexes and um look if you like good storytelling and good movies sometimes uh, these days you have to you know you have to hunt them out um because the the big screens are owned by the big distributors uh to put on the films that they think will make the hundreds of millions of dollars not the hundreds of thousands of dollars so um, yeah it's a shame the same with um I wanted to see Tusk, and I didn't get that chance because mm. they didn't play anywhere near me. So. Well, it only played at one screen in here in Melbourne, and and luck, it's actually uh -huh. still on, and we're very lucky to have oh. uh, a number of um, smaller cinemas. So I have a cinema near me that has 
13 screens and some of them are basically in rooms the size of your lounge room um, mm-hmm. but it means that they can keep you know put those sort of movies on and keep showing them although they actually and they did a Skype hookup with Kevin Smith on the opening night of the movie so oh, cool that's awesome yeah uh, it's keeping in touch with you know a diversity of movies uh, there was another great Australian movie earlier this year called Predestination which was um Actually, with Ethan Hawke, so it had a reasonable name in it. Uh, like It was one of those time loop movies, which I, I really love. Again, no one will see it, but it was fantastic. Um, so all that said, love a good superhero movie, um, but there are lots of other movies out there. Do go and see Interstellar so I can have a uh, long uh, discussion with you about, about what you okay. love about it and what you don't love about it or whatever. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, and all this is because... Um, there's not a lot of news in television this week. There's not a lot of news, but one thing I thought was really interesting is they're talking about, and apparently it's going forward, the comeback is returning. The comeback the is comeback coming back. The comeback Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. Um, it's been gone for a long, long time. Oh, it's did like you watch 10 years? The Lisa- did you yeah, watch it? Yes, I did. I, look, I love, it's one of those, um, what you call it, meta shows. So it's about... Um, you know, an actress trying to uh, revive her career. Um, and I'm just looking, it was actually on in 2005, right. 10 years ago. Uh, and, yeah, it's coming back on HBO for another eight episodes 10 years later. So it's sort That's of, very cool. it's sort of uh, art-reflecting life. That's very cool. Um, it's not something I've seen, but maybe we should do a review on that shortly and uh, let people know. Oh, definitely. I think um, I think it's one to catch, and uh, I can't remember how many. Might have been ten or twelve in the first uh, the first season. Uh, but yes, we'll definitely rewatch it. I think Lucy Kudrow's uh, wonderful and much underrated, and uh, it would be good to have another another good comedy to talk about. Um, there's another comedy starting, and again on HBO, who really seems to be going after the comedy, a show called Togetherness, which is created by uh, the Duplass brothers. Now, Mark Duplass, uh, you might remember from The League, when we talked about The League. Um, yes. He's in that. He's working with his brother, Jay, and uh, they're making this uh, like s- sitcom, I guess. I, I mean, it's a comedy. You wouldn't really call it a sitcom, but a comedy show uh, about being married and being old, I guess. <laughs> well, um, yes, I, I did maturity, have maturity, if you will. It, so it's uh, it's been described as girls, but said amongst uh, people in their late thirties. Uh, and in the next breath, it talks about the people being middle aged, which basically puts me on my deathbed. I think at this point. <laughs> um, but the clip from it does look does look funny. It's um, it's nice to see. Um, you know, something starring people who are over the age of 25, um, and it looks like it's got potential. Well, I'll watch it. I think he's hilarious, so um, anything I can do. You know, when when the league started, what, five seasons, six seasons ago, these guys were, I mean, to me, to the outsider, they weren't anybody. They, they were really young, fresh, up-and-coming comics, I mean, they had Jean Lejoie from Canada who did mm-hmm. YouTube videos, for God's sake, um, and then a bunch of stand-up comedians. Well, now, these guys are getting their own shows. Um, they're huge on the comedy circuit. You know, they're, they've really blown up. So, 
it's cool to see them starting there and now getting to a point when they're becoming very mainstream and very well known. So I hope Mark does well with this because uh, they deserve they deserve all that success. They're really funny guys. They're really talented people. So um, we'll watch it. We'll review it when it comes out, and I bet you it will be pretty darn funny. Oh, big call there, Mister Curtis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm not afraid to go out on that limb. It, hey, you've got Mark Duplass, who's funny, and you have HBO, who you can do whatever you want. Why wouldn't it be good? Um, exactly. <laughs> famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. And uh, you might have to eat those words, or you might have to say, I told you all so. I'm willing to put my name on it. <laughs> Speaking of putting our name on it, what show do you want to review first? I thought we'd start with The Flash, because I think there's some things out of that that will tie in with our discussion on Gotham. Um, is that Okay, how- so is- let's start with CW's The Flash. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. friend recently gave me the idea for a new name. And something tells me it's gonna catch on. The Flash series premiere coming this fall to the CW. Now I think we need to I think it's informative in our role as critics here, Ryan, to mention whether we're uh DC Comics readers and fans, what's your background when it comes to The oh, Flash? yeah, I'm glad you asked this. I don't and haven't read a single comic book in my life. That's not necessarily true. I read uh, Walking Dead, but that's it. Okay. Um, I don't give a shit about comics. I think they're lame. I think they're poorly <laughs> written. And I think that overall, the overarching idea of them is kind of dumb. And I've always thought that even since I was a little kid. <laughs> and that's why your friends listen alone. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, what would one yeah, say? Yeah, because normally comic book nerds are just filled with friends and, um, <laughs> and going out and having huge parties all the time, right? Other than Comic-Con. <laughs> well, I should actually say I'm off to my comic book club this afternoon, which is um, run by the local comic book shop here. Uh, they have a women's comic book club, and there's about 50 women who meet every month to talk about comics. So some people do have um, read comics and have friends. You're just you're just going to get laid. Well, that too. <laughs> not mutually <laughs> exclusive to reading comics. Um, I suppose not. No, no, definitely. I'm not. certainly a um, what would one say a casual comics reader. So I've never been. I can't uh, um, say I've you know, read the canon of everything and probably my starting comics was was really in alt indie comics and particularly queer comics when I was uh, younger particularly. Um, one of my favourites was called Hothead Pison, uh, Lesbian Terrorist, um, who was a very angry lesbian who went around killing everyone and she had a cat. Um, <laughs> so um, It was. It was very hilarious. Um, so I dip in and out of this. So I, I'm not aligned with DC or um, Marvel. My main exposure to any any of the superhero stories has been through TV and movies. So um, mm-hmm. make of that what you will. But I do think in some ways it's, uh, and I'll talk a bit more about it when we get to Gotham, but I, I think knowing that's important because people will come to these shows with different expectations. So I think... Uh, uh, 
one big difference between, say, The Flash and Gotham, and, and I do remember, you know, there was briefly an 80s <coughs> TV show, but generally, unless you're a comics reader, The Flash is not one of the better-known uh, comics heroes. There hasn't been a series of movies and it's it's not as uh, central in sort of pop culture iconography as Batman and Gotham is. And I think that's a bit of a difference. But let's go straight to The Flash. What do you think of The Flash, Ryan? I don't like it. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fine. I There's nothing there. It's it's. I think it's empty. I think it's fodder. I think it's a, almost as interesting interesting as arrow which i don't find interesting at all <laughs> i think the people are very flat and boring the visual effects are fine i don't find them you know they're doing they're doing well for what they have but um i i don't know i there, i don't think there's anything there for me i don't okay. think it's moving i think it's vapid and uh and very formulaic very cw formulaic in my opinion it's going to be um, a short conversation, then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I just there's not there's no gravitas to it. You know, it's um, it's just so fluffy and and you know, and it's not as fluffy as other things. But okay, they have a, a you know a three twenty something year olds that are essentially running a huge superpower conglomerate scientific thing with a dude in a wheelchair. Lame, dumb. That's stupid. That would never happen. There would be hundreds of people working there. <laughs> Working on these projects, <laughs> this the is superhero, and they'd be over twenty-two years old, and they wouldn't be beautiful, pretty people. Um, <laughs> you know, the same thing is Barry Allen is a forensic pathologist or, or a CSI rather. He's the only CSI on the police force, and the guy who raised him just happens to be the detective slash <laughs> also guy in charge of the police station to the point where he can just make any decision he wants. Um, <laughs> You know, Jesse L. Martin's, I think, is the only good thing about the show. I think he's really fantastic, and it really shows you the level of acting when you have shitty CW actors and then somebody who can actually act. Um, he he carries it, in my opinion, and uh, he hasn't died yet, but I'm only on episode seven, so we'll see. Um, you know, it's just stupid. It, he, you know, there's nothing... Nobody's put any research or thought into any of this stuff, it doesn't seem. Um, a lot of the excuses on why things happen are, oh, because of science. Because stuff happened with science that, you know, is pretty crazy. So that's how things happened. And that's not really an excuse. Or there's certainly not an explanation as to why things happen. Um, the guy in the wheelchair, what's his, what's his name? The actor. Dr. Harrison Wells, played by Tom Kevin. Harrison Wells. Yeah, he's he's fine. Um, obviously, he's up to something. I don't know if you've seen the last few episodes, but he's definitely yes. uh, got some ulterior motives, um, which is maybe interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't mean to hold back on you, but uh, <laughs> that's just sort of how I see things. It's uh, it needs a lot of work. It needs some somebody to step in and take it a little bit more, either take it more serious or do what happens in the other show that we're going to be talking about, take it to caricatureness. But in between, it's just poor production. Okay, I have a slightly different uh, <laughs> take on The Flash. <laughs> oh. 
Um, and so for pe- for people who don't know, it um, it started. They started it not really as a backdoor pilot, but they did have the character of Barry Allen uh, appear in Arrow last season in a couple of episodes, which was quite clever because they got to test the waters both with the actor and, and the concept. And Grant Gustin, who who plays Barry Allen, I think is um, is incredibly likable. Uh, he is different than uh, I, I will agree on that i didn't hate him yeah i think he's uh, yeah. and um this uh, the flash is certainly set up so if for people who have watched arrow arrow is your you know reasonably dark angsty superhero uh, show um whereas this is set up to be generally lighter uh, in tone um you know although uh, barry allen has the obligatory dead mother who was killed by something Possibly supernatural, um, or probably super- science. So probably science or superhero. Um, it's actually it's a lot lighter in tone. He's not weighed down with um, a lot of you know there there aren't a lot of man tears here. He's it's very much um, a younger guy, and so it's uh, you know he's a bit dorky. Um, he gets. Long story short, gets struck by lightning uh, and becomes what's known in this world as a meta-human. So as opposed to Arrow, where people basically are people who, with amazing fighting skills, in The Flash, which is a connected universe to the in the TV shows, um, they do actually have you know these people with superpowers, as in he can run hundreds of kilometres fast and they have had various other characters who have, you know, actual superpower type things who are known as metahumans, which were created when this, yes, hand-wavy science particle accelerator owned by uh, Dr. Harrison Wells supposedly, air quotes, blew up, but was it an accident or not? Um, what I think, some of the things I think work very well, um, this is also made, uh, executive produced by Greg Belanti, who does Arrow. I think he's a master at structure. Obviously, you disagree, Ryan. But um, in Arrow, what they set up was that each episode was uh, half in the present day and half a flashback to five years ago. So we get the Arrow's backstory and the current day stuff in the same time. I think this really served the uh, show very very well, particularly in the first season where every episode didn't need to carry a 45-minute story. It was really two 17-minute stories, if you like. And it also meant that you had two stories going at once, which really both kept things moving along and also gave you juicier character stuff without them, in a way, having to write the, the character stuff was came from the situation. So, you know, Oliver slash the Arrow is basically angsty all the time, but we got to see him in different situations. So it, it was sort of character development a bit by default, and I think that worked well. Here in The Flash, you basically have a, a case of the week uh, each episode. The overarching arc is who killed Barry Allen's mother, who his father's in uh, been in jail for 20 years for it. Uh, and then at the, there's a coda at the end of every episode. We get a little coda with uh, you, around the mysterious Dr. Wells, who runs the the sort of superhero Scooby gang that uh, that Barry Allen's in. And we've, we know that he's sort of up to no good behind the scenes. Um, and they, that's sort of a coder on each episode. And that's the structure. And I think that um, plays well um, 
in in terms of the audience knowing very clearly what the arcs are and the, you know, the myth arcs are for the season keeps them moving along. I do think there's probably, you know, maybe you can talk about the casting decisions. I don't think Danielle Panabaker's fantastic, who's um, one of the 20-something uh, <laughs> Uh, bioengineers. Oh, the um, supermodel bioengineer who's 20? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, certainly uh, Jesse Martin, who people would know from, from Law and Order, really having him as a cop here is genius casting because you you have... Right, he's been a cop in everything we've fucking seen. Well, it, because I think... <laughs> he's great, but I don't think it's... My God, who would have ever thought him as a cop? That's the only thing he's fucking played. But that's having so him... no, not genius. Take away the word genius. No, please. I think it is genius because what it does is give a point of of familiarity and gravitas, as you said, to this that it wouldn't have if it was no name person as as the cop. I love having him, and he's also Barry's uh, the character Barry Allen's father figure as well. Um, and look, this is this is a I'd say a younger skewing audience they're going for here. Uh, it, it, it's not pondering great, uh, you know, great metaphysical ideas. It's more, you know, it almost has a feel of a 70s or 80s sort of um, uh, superhero show to me. It, but it knows... That's not a good thing. Um, I think I think it is no, in that it knows not very... not a good thing. Well, I think Have we're... you watched 70s or 80s superhero stuff? They're fucking terrible. But they often knew very clearly, and I think that what I'm trying to say is this knows very clearly what it is. It's not. It's got a very clear sense of its brand, um, mm-hmm. who you know, what it's doing, who it's aimed at, its tone, and right from the pilot, you you know, I would say to someone you and. Obviously, you've, I mean, I'm surprised you've lasted this long with it because pretty much you know from the first the pilot what this show is going to be about and what its tone's going to be and whether it's going to be for you. And it, it sticks with that. It's very clear in its in its mission, <laughs> um, to use yeah. a, a superhero term. Now, whether it's for you or not is is another thing. But I think. Um, you know, and alongside Arrow, which uh, you know has continued, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy Arrow, um, and you know, I'm not without criticism of it, but um, it's from the beginning known what it's trying to be uh, or known yeah. what it is. Um, it's had this very clear structure, so we get, you know, we get all this. As I said, you get sort of almost two episodes in. Um, uh, in, in a, two stories in each episode, which keeps it moving along. Um, I think they've both been clever in how they've introduced, given that they know a lot of their audience will be familiar with the canon from comics, but yeah. a lot of their, but also equally, a lot of their audience won't be. They're not assuming everyone knows things. So I know there are a couple of characters, say in the Flash, who are later on going to be revealed as. Um, you know, superheroes with, you know, or supervillains, but they're not signposting that now. So unless you know that... <laughs> Unlike the other show that we're going to Yes, so unless you know that, there are characters yeah. now who are just going about 
being whatever they are in the show and there's no yeah. flashing lights over them going, ooh, evil, evil. And um, Watch our, this guy, watch this guy, watch this yeah, guy. Yeah, and of course, so that <laughs> means there's going to be, ooh, a character arc because we're going to see them go from Ms. or Mr. Nice Guy into some place of darkness. Uh, Arrow does right. the same thing. Um, and I think that's, again, I'm not saying any of these are great um you know, uh, deep character explorations. But having an arc for your characters is sort of, you know, number one when you're looking at a TV show. They have to go somewhere. Often it's the superhero who moves the least. They might have challenges right. to what's right or wrong or what. But, you know, through this, you know, the Flash is going to be the Flash and he's going to be good. Uh, Arrow's going to be good and he's going to be angsty. He's had a bit of an arc, though. He stopped killing people after the first season, which was interesting. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he yeah. decided not to go around shooting people in the head with the arrow. Now he shoots them in the knee. Uh, he's not okay, even called the arrow lame. at this point. Um, but Isn't everyone it? around him has an arc mm. to go through. Um, and I think that's what that's what keeps people watching because things will be, you know, slowly revealed um, as, as the show goes on and you'll start to, oh, my God, this person maybe isn't good. Uh, we've had a couple of great guests uh, on the Arrow so far and I'm absolutely beside myself that we have uh, Wentworth Miller was introduced previous week and we and is joined by uh, his old prison break brother, Dominic Purcell. Um, that's pretty cool. That's incredible. He is, um, isn't he, what's his name? Isn't he Mr. Cool? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that's the character's name. Um so there is, you know, and yeah, look, I'm just beside myself because I loved Prison Break. Well, certainly the first season. I did too. I like Prison Break very much. Uh, so I'm I'm thrilled to have him back on my TV. Um, so yeah, look, I, I, I think The Flash will be around for a while. Uh, I think it's very solid. Uh, if you particular, it's, it's light, it's fluffy, it's not trying to be anything else. Uh, and it uh, is delivering, it has The Flash running very fast um nice light i like the sense you know there's a nice little sense of humor about it um mm -hmm. and you know there's enough of a myth arc without it being you know uh, dragged down by you know 50 threads of storyline that are coming together so it's very very much something i think you could dip in and out of it, it something you could watch casually um and i I like it. I don't know if I'll, you know, keep watching it week to week as I do say with the Arrow, um, but I certainly will keep in touch with it. Uh, they even had a, they'd had another crossover with the Arrow with the character Felicity from the Arrow turned up in the Flash, so there is this little connection between them, which could, I'm sure, will during sweeps week or something at some point lead to some massive crossovers. Um, <laughs> but I also like that. I like that the two shows, while being generally, you know, separate, have a, convers a little conversation with each other and, and there's a bit of a playfulness in there about that. Yeah, I liked how Barry Allen visited the uh, Arrow and uh, talked with the Arrow or Oliver Quinn or whoever it was um, and talked about you know responsibilities of having these 
certain set of skills. I mean, that, that's kind of cool. Um, it's cool that he can just run over to <laughs> Starling, Starling City. Is that where he's from? Uh, yes. Central City is uh, the Flash, and then is it Starling City? It's Starling, Starling City about to become Star City, but that's an old Ash, uh, Arrow subplot at the moment. But yes, and, and that was a good little bit of self-reflection on superheroes. Like, you know, uh, who am I and what do I do? What's my purpose? Do I just run around very quickly and have fun? with it you know do i save people do i have to become all dark and angsty and wear green eyeshadow like you um uh, so so again without uh without admiring itself in in that uh sort of navel gazing it's nice that it has some you know um self-awareness uh and so i think both these shows play well to both um comic book readers and people who have no idea about the comics. Arrow certainly has dropped, uh, you know, and it's gone broader into the DC, <coughs> excuse me, um, verse uh, with uh, introducing the Suicide Squad and we've had some lovely little Easter eggs. And as a non-comics reader, it's lovely to read people each week picking up all the little references that the show runners are, and production team are putting in these shows but really, they're, they're Easter eggs, so they're there for those in the know, and as a casual viewer, you're not distracted. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, no, that, that, and that's cool. I, I mean, I do a, appreciate something that takes that much sort of time with it. I wish they would take more time with the writing and character development and scripts. Um, you know, I've seen really shitty scripts and read really terrible dialogue and then putting it in the hands of some really talented actors, and somehow they turn that around so and deliver it so it sounds like a good fucking script. It sounds like good dialogue. Mm. I'm not seeing people do that here, and you know that might just be their level or the production or how much time they have with it or the director or whatever excuse you want to make for it. I just don't see it. I find the characters to be very empty. And I don't know if you get there eventually or if you don't. But to me, it uh, it needs a lot more work, a lot more finessing. So will I continue watching it? No, I don't, I don't have any real interest, I don't think. Um, even the visual effects aren't enough to keep me interested, other than to see what my competition in town is doing, <laughs> and, and 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 looking at it, saying, "God, I would I would have loved to have had an opportunity to do that." Um, it's it's not enough to keep me occupied, I don't think, and I think it'll probably just go into limbo, just like Arrow did, where I I don't I don't care about them. Well, I'd certainly say for anyone who uh, enjoys Arrow, you will probably enjoy The Flash. Um, as I said, it's a, it's a lot lighter. Even visually, um, The Flash is filmed more in daytime and brighter. Um, and they hang out in coffee shops and go to pub trivia nights <laughs> And uh, uh, compared to the darkness uh, of the Arrow. And, of course, the cast in, in Arrow is, um, is a, that little bit older. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a bit of the you know one the whole family could watch too. The Flash, uh, it's it, it, if you like superhero stuff, uh, it's definitely I think captured that comic book feel, um, 
and has has as I said, I, the, one of the things I admire about it is a very clear vision of 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 what it is and, and where it's going, and um, which is why I think it's been so successful. I think the certainly the most successful show or the highest rating show on the CW at the moment, and a wonderful lead. Weird. Weird. Maybe not for you, Ryan. So dare I ask what um, what did you think of what do you think of Gotham? I love this city, and I see it going to hell. But I won't let it fall apart without a fight. My name's James Gordon. I'm a detective. My name's Bruce Wayne. I promise you, I will find the man who did this. <laughs> However dark and scary the world might be right now, there will be light. Well, Gotham uh, is a very cool show, actually. I really like it. Surprise! Um, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I have. Um, and in fact, the first episode, I was kind of like, oh god, I don't, I don't think this is cool at all, what they're doing. I've gotten now to a point when it's sort of sunk in, and I'm starting to get into the groove of it, and I'm starting to put my complaints aside and, and just sort of watch it for what it is. And I'm really enjoying it. Now, for those not in the know, Gotham is a TV series, obviously, uh, that started just this season. In it, we follow the life of the detective who later we find turns into uh, the commissioner, uh, James Gordon. Uh, if you are a fan of any of the Batman films or Batman comics or Batman lore, you'll know that Commissioner Gordon is uh, a good friend of Batman's, of the Batman. In this, uh, James Gordon is a young detective, a new detective to the Gotham Police Squad. He's paired with uh, a detective named Harvey Bullock, who is older and wiser and a little bit more street smart. And together they... Fight well, crime. They fight crime, <laughs> but they also Together they fight join crime, crime and uh, coordinate crime with the um, crime organizations, the crime syndicates in the Gotham City. It's a little bit surprising because originally when this was proposed, it was supposed to be just James Gordon and Bullock, say, and them in Gotham City fighting crime and being detectives. But of course, as things got developed, they started insisting, well, if it's going to be Gotham, you need to have Gotham characters, you need to have Bruce Wayne and Catwoman and all these other things. So I think, to me at least, it was a bit of a surprise at how much they are actually relying on Bruce Wayne, who at this point is just a little boy. We come into the first episode with the Wayne family being killed, or his parents being killed, and that's sort of how James Gordon meets Bruce Wayne at that moment. We follow Bruce at home as a young kid. Now he's starting to get obsessed with his parents and their business uh, in the Wayne family business and what they were doing and who they were doing it for and what might have caused their death and who might be responsible. And we see him sort of developing his young detectiveness. You know, remember (laughs) Batman is supposedly the world's best detective. Starting to learn how to do that. Um, and then, of course, Alfred is there as well, 
played very differently than what we remember seeing Alfred as being before. Um, you know, in the comics or in the other movies, Alfred is a very stoic, stiff upper lip English butler. Here he's very different. Uh, Sean Pertwee is playing Alfred and he plays him as uh, an English... Um, I don't want to say ne'er-do-well, but a, 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 like a cockney... Um, he's, he's got more of the world, bit, world about him. He, he doesn't come across well, as... Well, I was going to say a little bit more slummy than <laughs> than the London Alfred that we're yeah, accustomed he to. He doesn't come across as someone who was born to a life of servitude. Uh, and in I'm, my opinion, certainly not a butler. No. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we'll find out a bit more about his backstory. Played by Sean Pertwee, who I, I love in everything he does. So I'm a, I'm a, oh, he's great. Yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. a bit biased there. And I think, uh, um, you know, the more we see of him, the better in, in my books. And he's obviously key to um, uh, the story surrounding Bruce. Also, one of the key players in at least the first half of the season has been Oswald Cobblepot who, a.k.a. Penguin, uh, played brilliantly by Robin Lord Taylor. I, I mean, this is, to me, the most interesting character on, on the show, um, who plays this wormy, weasley little sidekick to the bad guys, I guess, or um, assistant or henchman, I guess, who is obviously of a much smarter mind than them and is sort of setting up a whole bunch of cards that are going to play out uh, later as things happen. Um, very interesting that we're following so much of his story, which I think is great. Um, and then, of course, James Gordon and, and Bullock uh, have their own issues that they're fighting between themselves. Bullock being of the old school, who would work with you know the gangs and and stuff, get take payoffs, beat prisoners not playing by the rules, and then Gordon, who's a goody two-shoes that comes in. Ben McKenzie plays James Gordon, whom you might remember from uh, Southland. Uh, he played the main character in Southland uh, and many other things. I think he's amazing here. Uh, I really like his character a lot. Um, yeah, oh, look, I, uh, I'm uh, a huge... You're I was a big a fan? Huge fan of, of Ben's in, in Southland. Um, uh, and if you talk about character arcs, his character in Southland just went from being this... Uh, we saw him go from this rookie... He was a rich kid who became a cop, and we followed his, uh, his path from a rookie cop up to... Uh, being in the force for a few years, and and he was just amazing. Um, I I think he's good here, but uh, I f I feel I don't quite know enough about him at the moment. I'm not connecting with him, uh, given he is sort of the central figure for this. I I I'm not connected with him as I thought I would, and I, you know, I went into this with like, you know, yay, Ben McKenzie. This is a this seals the deal yeah. for me watching it, um, and I think for me that's that's, and, and I'm certainly I'm you know watching watching Gotham, and I will continue to watch it. But it is it is a show I think with some issues. Um, one of them has been, I think. Uh, as, as opposed to say the flash, I think uh, two things. One, it. Uh, well, I'm going to say more than two things, so I'll stop numbering them right now. Um, uh-huh. it, it, I didn't get the sense, and, and it certainly was very high. The pilot was really hyped, and and seemed they put a lot of effort into it. Yet, when watching the pilot, it felt quite clumsy. It felt. Um, it felt like it didn't quite know 
what it was. Uh, they introduced mm-hmm. friggin' 4,000 characters. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I think bl- blew their load far too early with telling you who various uh, iconic um Batman verse characters were in their younger versions, mm-hmm, but with mm-hmm. Jim Gordon, I didn't quite. And this is uh, talking about character arcs. So we know he's he's come back to Gotham where he grew up, and 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 yes, he's been uh, confronted with the fact that this is a is a city at the moment full of corruption, and he's been faced with, you know, where does he sit in that, and how is he going to, you know, how do you, how do you work being a cop where this corruption seems to run throughout politics and the police force um, and and society, but I'm not. I'm not getting the sense of his struggle or where he's going to go with this. And I think this brings me to one of the sort of bigger issues with Gotham is the fact that we know where all these characters end up. So... Er- well, we think <coughs> we know where they end up, Okay, Jules. well, unless... Um, le- but we don't really know the whole story. Just because you see someone who's a commissioner, you don't know how much blood he's had to spill to get there. Oh, no, 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 and I'm not saying we know the journey, but I'm saying... Or how many skeletons he has in his closet. Sure, and, and that's what they have to sell here, though, is the yeah. journey, and that's... no. Given that, unless they deviate hugely from... The, the very core canon of of, of Batman, um, we're go- we know that Jim Gordon's going to end up as commissioner. Now, whatever his journey is has to be what engages us. Uh, we know which characters mm-hmm. basically are going to survive uh, and they've all got to live long enough for, for Bruce Wayne to grow up and decide to become the Batman. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. So in a way, that's a real challenge, I think, for the show because um, – and, and I do think that they lost um, – some of what could have driven the narrative by, for example, telling us in the pilot who was the Penguin, who was the Riddler, who was Catwoman. Yes. Um, yes. You could have had so oh, yeah. uh, uh, Oswald Cobblepot, who uh, the, the actor who plays him is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. and he, Robin Lord Taylor is his name. Yes, and he's, you know, he's... Mm-hmm. I think probably by dint of the force of his acting and combined with the writing almost grabbed the centre of the story. Mm. But having people half a dozen times in the pilot go, oh, you walk like a penguin. Um, right. He could have just been Oswald Cobblepot. We could have been speculating, yes. on, you know, he's obviously going to be, is he going to be the Joker? Is he going to be the penguin? Or, who, or is he going to be someone yeah. else that we don't know? Um, right. And you know they had a girl. way too on the nose, yes. Yeah, and I think they, but I think they also lost some of the opportunity to build up, um, you know, mystery around that and about mm-hmm. who these people mm-hmm. are. And as I said, that they've done with the mm-hmm. Flash by not signposting, you know, watch this space. This character is going to become evil. We we get to appreciate their again their character arc more. Um, and you know i i really i agree with you wholeheartedly i think that's the pilot turned me off quite badly and it's taken a long time to get over it um i i really feel like that was just the network and the studio being complete studio dicks and saying no 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 you have to tell everybody who this is otherwise they're not gonna they don't want to well no i mean we could have been in episode nine before we find out that selena kyle becomes the cat woman or um 
you know, or or exa- like you said, um, that we don't need to know he's the penguin until, or the Riddler could have waited till the third season. Let us let us learn about the character. Yes, let us begin to trust him, and then have him turn on the audience. Yes, you don't can see in the first episode say, "Oh, you're always doing all your Riddlers, oh. your riddles here." And <laughs> it's it's really cheesy. Well, cheesy um, and, and cheesy. So to me, that that upset yeah. me. Yeah. Um, the other thing is compared to the Flash. Um, we're talking about the Batman verse here, and that comes with yeah. a huge weight of. Every, there is no one watching this show who won't have already have some connection to this universe. Um, you know, yeah. I started watching the Adam West '60s Batman series and grew up with that. There'll be people connected to the animated series and the and the animated movies very strongly. The comics. We've had three cycles of movies. We've had the Burton movies, the Schumacher movies, and the Nolan movies. Um, there is no way you're not coming to this with a weight of expectation. If not on story, on tone, on style, and I think it, 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 um, it, it, it's hard, it's been hard, I think, for the show, and I think it has got its own style and, and, um, and tone, but I think for the audience, and this is I've read from a lot of people, you're coming into it and so you look at it and you think it looks very dark and gritty and noir so it's going to be more sort of Nolan-esque but then some of the characters no. are, are drawn more in the way of the characters from say the the Burton era and um, yeah. so it uh, but that's not the show's fault that's the audience bringing all these um this foreknowledge or these other experiences, but the people making the show knew expectations. Yeah. But the people making the show knew Mm -hmm. that. And so, as I said, what the flash has done is, as sort of an an arrow have given the nods to, in the case of those two characters, mainly people who know it from the comics by having nice little Easter eggs that are invisible to the casual viewer and having a very strong style that speaks to the casual viewer. I think Gotham, um, you know, I think maybe they needed to think a little bit more and, you know, gone a little bit further in one direction than they might have if people didn't know the verse well. So you're going dark and gritty, go that way um, and just be, don't have these like you know there's been some of the villains have been very um you know broad as you you said before sort of broad caricatures and and you know the guy who ties people to balloons and then you've got people setting someone else <laughs> setting people on fire and it's horrific right. and it's like who am i watching yeah. this show with is it a family show is it a is it a you know dark darker network show um yeah. now again that's not necessarily the show's fault it's got its own conception but i think it's not it's bumping heads with what we're bringing to the show where i feel like one week i'm watching um uh uh, michael keaton batman era and one week i'm you know watching adam west (laughs) it's sort of a a bit like that and i think also but it has to be it has to be it has to be part of all that stuff right i think it has to be its own thing um, but I do think what they needed to do was think a bit about what the audience was bringing to the experience. And I don't think they've done that, as you said, in the pilot. And probably it was, it did suffer. I'd say there's been a number of fingers in this pie. Um, and, it, and it did suffer, obviously. It was probably the one superhero show where you don't need to spell things out because, you know, 
just about anyone you could pick off the street is going to know the name of, you know, the Penguin and the Riddler and you don't... <laughs> and Alfred. And Alfred. <laughs> um, so, look, I think... Yeah. Uh, but as you said, it's got better, I think, at that as it's gone on. I think it's... it's um, it's getting its own confidence, I think, in what it's doing. I do think there are still some issues with the overarching. I'm not engaged in while while some of the episodes of the week are really good. I'm 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 struggling a bit with the myth arc, which is certainly in the last couple of weeks got a lot better as they've revealed some of the you know, you didn't realise, but back in episode two when this was happening, it was really a plot sort of thing. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not particularly interested in the mob sort of storyline, if you like. Um, maybe I want it all to be more individual villains or something. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not, I'm not. That feels like another show to me. You know, mobs battling over control of Gotham feels like a different show than the one that has these sort of absolutely crazy. Uh, villains of the week. I don't know if you find, you know, yeah, not that interested I, I mean, in Falcone versus Fish Mooney as taking over the city. Oh, I am interested in that, and I think that's going to become very interesting to see how they play out and and what ingredients they use to use that to their advantage. Um, I think it's getting there. I, I don't. I, I can't say that I'm enthralled with it right now, but I, I have a feeling it will get there. And I think we need more of that. We need more higher up sort of stuff than low level where it's starting now. You know, all these all these bad guys who in the Batman era are running the show had to start from somewhere. Yes. And I, that's the part that I think is exciting. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I do like that. <clears throat> I, I like seeing it. I wish it was. It had been more subtle. But now that I'm sort of over that, I'm just starting to enjoy it, and it's uh, it's kind of fun. And I, I love seeing the r- ridiculous wickedness, like you're saying, the guy who ties people to balloons. Oh yeah. Who, I... Oh, who was um um um, what's his name uh, from Legit? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know yes. what's his name? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know that guy. Um, we had a Ben Edlund episode. Have you seen it? Yes, number six. Yes, no, definitely. Um, the the um, what was he called? It was the go- spirit of the goat. Spirit of the goat. <laughs> <laughs> That's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> um, it was different. It, it was definitely darker. Um, but interesting and 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 kind of a, a cool little payoff. I think that happened there. Um, episode seven was great. Um, I, I think they're going to get better. And you know, it's doing what is it? Ten episodes? Did they get picked up for more, or is that it? Well, this is one of the issues. Uh, they Fox were ordered an additional six episodes of the show. Yeah, so they originally uh, bringing had the first season to twenty-two. Yeah, so they originally had a, a sixteen ep run. Um, I don't necessarily think giving them another six in the first season is a good thing. Um, mm. Particularly halfway through the season, when they thought, I mean, for the writer, just in terms of what the arc was going to be in the first season, I don't think that's <clears throat> unless they were hoping for that and had sort of plotted it out. I don't think that's necessarily going to play in their in their favour. Um, I'm not surprised, but then again, Fox has had a really um, shitful last couple of years, and they haven't got yeah. a lot else going for them. Um, so yeah, I don't know how that'll work in um, 
in their favour. Look, it's definitely getting better. Um, but, uh, you know, and I do think it's one to stick with. I, you know, again, I, I, my feeling was one of my other things that I think it missed out on was killing the Waynes in the first episode um, mm-hmm. because then you have this sort of artificial <coughs> connection between Jim Gordon and Bruce Wayne, who he pops in to see every so often. What I would have liked, and this is just, I would have thought it would have been good to have the Waynes alive and you would have had the tension of knowing they're going to die but not knowing how or when. <laughs> Excuse me again. I, I, I like that idea. I, I think that's a that's a really plausible idea. I think that, um, you know, the story of Batman always starts with his parents getting killed. Well, what about before that? Um, I do think it was a good idea. I don't think they could sell that to the network. I'll bet you that the network was like, well, no, you need to have Batman and you need to have the villains. Otherwise, it's not a Batman show. Even yes. though it's not a Batman show. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I can I can only believe that the network and the studio would, of course, be very myopic in that thinking. Well, no, 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 no. You said it was going to be Batman, so we have to make it about Batman. Um, when, in fact, there's a much bigger story that could have been told. Yeah, yeah I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I just thought it would have been good to have, um, you know, Jim Gordon comes back to town. Actually, it takes him a little bit longer than five minutes to find out things are corrupt. Uh, the Waynes mm-hmm. obviously are involved in politics and that, and this mystery of, you know, um, are they or aren't they involved in the dodginess starts to build up. He could have some connection with them and young Bruce at some point. Um, and so then when they do get killed... We've got some attachment to them and some loss. There's a more natural place for Bruce to have in the story because at the moment all the scenes with Bruce and Alfred are quite disconnected from the rest of the storylines. Now we have other, you know, Jim drops in occasionally. We've had a little bit of of, um, Selena Gomez's uh, young Catwoman character sort of having some connection. But, um, you know, look, and these are minor quibbles and, you know, I don't write TV so what do I know? Um, mm-hmm. But again, at the moment, I feel they yet yet <laughs> I um I feel they introduced a large number of characters. Now they've got all these balls up in the air, and so for for example, the Barbara Kent character, who's who's Jim's fiance, fiance girlfriend, friend with mm, benefit. She needs to go. Whatever it is, she basically hangs out in the apartment and says, "What did you do today, Jim?" And then her ex girlfriend who's a detective comes around and says okay every episode and goes jim gordon's on the take you shouldn't trust him and they're just people speaking these things they don't uh, as characters uh, i'm not sure why well, they're th- all what there. you're saying is they belong in the they belong in the flash is what you're saying <laughs> well i'm saying either don't have them or they have to do something yes. and again i think you know again i i I feel that they foregrounded too many characters at once. Yeah. So everyone Probably. had equal. We've got Fish Mooney. We've got um, um, Harvey Bullock and, and the Jim Gordon character, and we've got Barbara. We've got the other team of detectives. Then we've got uh, we've got Cobblepot, uh, and and they're all at the forefront, but they're not all doing things that interest me. So either keep mm-hmm. them in the background, or mm-hmm. you know Barbara could have been off in Paris or something for a while. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, 
and let me connect with the main story and the main character or characters. You can do more than one. I can handle an ensemble. I watched Lost for six years. Um, so, mm-hmm. but... Well, you're going to get an ensemble whether you like it or not. Yeah, but I need to... Uh, you know, I need to engage. And I think a lot of these are teething problems yeah. and early problems. I suppose just yeah. when I look at, in comparison to, say, something like The Flash, that, um, and you can call it formulaic, but sometimes there's a reason for having a formula because it helps structure the story and engage the audience in where things are going. There's some comfort in knowing, you know, oh, yep, this, I can't tell you what the myth arc for this season is. Mm-hmm. Like there is not a clear A and B sort of myth arc, character arc, or anything like that. I mean, it, there's a struggle for... Well, I think it's the uprising of, of Oswald Cobblepot is one of them. Um, it's sort of him coming of age and starting to lay down the groundwork for controlling Gotham. Um, I think it's, you, you know, that's, that's sort of the main focus at this point. Um, you know, it might, they might take it further with that, but it's also starting a bit of a turf war between the different crime syndicates, which is uh, probably going to play most of the rest of the season, I would think. Mm. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm definitely – look, it looks beautiful, um, darkly, noirishly, yeah. the set deck and the well, CGI. let me ask you that. So you, you're a fan, then, of the look? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's It definitely has a – I mean, it's an art director's wet dream, right? It's do whatever you want to make it look – comic booky big um uh, uh, caricature type thing the architecture is ridiculous it's you know the police station is a giant cathedral vaulted ceiling with uh, you know a big clock on the wall like the setting moon it's it, it's 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 really crazy but it's nice to look at it reminds me of and this is going to seem like it comes from left field but it reminds me of Annie Remember the movie Annie? Anything that you would see in that yeah. show would be very crazy and, and really over-the-top, dramatic um, sort of architecture or that sort of thing. I think that's sort of what this reminds me of a little bit. Um, or or the Dick Tracy mo- movie, if you remember the Dick Tracy yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. That sort of um, broadly drawn sort of uh, comic book city. Um, it's a, It's an interesting look. It might turn a lot of people off. Because the way people act aren't necessarily fitting to that environment, I think. But it's coming around on me. I'm definitely getting a taste for it. Uh, yeah, look, I um, I I love the look of it. I love the fact that it's sort of um, uh, it's postmodern in that way that it, it like it's it's ostensibly current times. It's not set in the Past, well, but it's sort of. sort of. But you know, you couldn't pin pin it down. It has created its own, you know. So there's certainly contemporary technology, but it's got this very. Part of it looks like seventies New York. Part of it looks like twenties New York. Um, and they drive big old fashioned, yeah. not old fashioned, but they drive nineteen eighties cars, big square four door sedans. Yet they're using cell phones, and I think. To be honest with you, I think the cell phone is just a writer's trope at this point. I think it just gets them out of a lot of situations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Makes life a lot <laughs> I think easier. It's their best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you need your character to understand this. Okay, well, so somebody calls him while he's sitting there and tells yeah. him. Good, done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I, you know, I love that about it, and I think it, you know it's going to. We've already had hints of you know that Arkham's you know going to be part of this, and I think that that will be right. you know the look they've got for that. But uh, we particularly saw in Ben Edlund's episode, I think again making use of some amazing sort of uh, sets slash CGI effect CGI sets. I don't know what you call that, but they were obviously there were bits that were enhanced. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. Um, and. You know, and that's that's a you know a wonderful part of this. They've certainly created its own universe that feels very uh, specific to this. And I love shows that have a strong sense of place. And I think that this is that's mm-hmm. one of the um, you know one of the strengths um, of of Gotham. Uh, so look, I'm I'm certainly interested to see where it goes. I wouldn't say so. I'm engaged, but I'm not loving it at the moment. But I am. It has certainly improved immensely in the first, you know, seven, eight episodes. Um, but I'll be interested to see how I feel by the by the end of the end of the season. Uh, it's yeah, you ha- you haven't seen the latest episode, which I think <coughs> has been me. the best one in my opinion. Okay, episode seven, Penguin's Umbrella, that was sort of my favorite. So that might that might bring you around. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I'm I'm liking it. I can see potential. I'm not in love with it at this point. But by the end of the season, I want to give it that opportunity, I think. I'll definitely keep watching it. I'll put it on my list of definitely watch stuff (laughs) to watch when I'm not watching other stuff. So right after the gold shows, Gotham. It's oh yeah, gold, it's a men, Gotham, men with beards then. looking for gold, and then Gotham. Yeah, oh, right. it's a it's a good list yeah. to 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 get on to. Yeah, so look, I I mean, I'm pretty sure it'll probably get a second season from Fox if if uh, you know because they have in, invested a lot in it. Um, you know, it's got names like Ben Edland associated with it, so that gives me some. Um, you know some some faith in the in the writing um so yeah it'll be interesting to see how it goes and it's got some you know some of the some great actors as we said Ben McKenzie Donald Log however you say his name who plays Harvey Dent I think it's Donald Logue Logue there Is you that go right? Logue um uh, he's a Canadian guy <clears throat> uh wonderful wonderful actor and really actually the um spirit of the goat um episode by Ben Edlin gave us some of his backstory and uh, and that was fantastic I really really mm-hmm. loved that um, Jada Pinkett Smith I'm I'm less of a fan of hers in the role of Fish Mooney than a lot of people seem to be <coughs> but, oh um, yeah do you like her uh, yeah I think she's she's been good again the, the next episode I think will oh okay will sway any feelings you have yeah it's a really good episode uh, um, yeah, I think she's interesting. I think she's badass. I think she's sexy. I think she's interesting. She's a great Batman villain. I think definitely More that. Uh, Robin Lloyd Davy is Lord Dave. Sorry, I'm getting all tongue tied here. Uh, Go ahead, <clears throat> Robin. What's his name again? Uh-huh. Who plays? Uh, who plays the <laughs> penguin? Uh, Robin, Robin Lord Taylor. Robin Lord Taylor. Yes, uh, he's yeah. very good. Um, Sean Pertwee, as we've mentioned, um, yeah. I don't really care about young Bruce Wayne at the moment. I have to say, again, that's I think he's a good little actor. He's a good. Kid, I was going to say so, he's a good little yeah. actor, but again, I think they're, you know, because I keep thinking ahead. So, how much? I mean, I suppose it depends how many years the show goes for. <laughs> but I feel that is one of the things sort of hanging over them is this, you know, they can't. 
how much how Batman is Bruce Wayne going to get at this early stage? I think that's a mm-hmm. per- personally I would have you know maybe again kept his parents alive longer and had him remain a little bit more innocent a bit longer. But you know uh, he's he's sort of thrown himself into. In the to the detecting in that, so it'll be, but it'll be interesting to see if he becomes active in that, like rather right. than just sitting at home and uh, obsessing obsessing over things. But yeah, some excellent excellent actors in it. They've had some great guests, um, uh, and I'm sure you know we're going to get more of that as it goes on. So look, really one to have a look at. Um, you know, maybe one to. I think you need to get past the first episode. That's going oh, to be definitely. Look, it, it was actually one of the worst pilots I've seen in a couple of years. I could not believe how clunky the dialogue was. It was, um, it was almost like a really badly written recap of an episode with people reading it out. Yeah. Um, but it gets immensely better from from then on. So. Um, and again, I'm glad to have it on my telly. Uh, as I often say, I'm glad we don't have another, um, you know, police procedural. Uh, this is interesting and in uh, in a world obsessed, or that people think we're obsessed with superheroes at the moment, um, it's a nice twist on it to not be about the superheroes but about the, you know, it's a real origin story, if you like. So I think for me, if they can... St- Start engaging me in the in the character arcs, you know. Aside from Oswald's more, um, uh, I did. Uh, some friends and I were doing a rewatch on uh, uh, via Twitter the other day. We came up with the idea that maybe if everyone didn't wear pants in one episode, that would um, that would actually help our engagement with it. Um, <laughs> I think that's sexist. I think you're all preverts. Um, well, we said everyone, no, just everyone, not yeah, wearing everyone, pants. Exactly. <laughs> everyone, exactly. Pansexual <laughs> preverts. <laughs> and maybe it could be a villain who somehow vaporizes everyone's pants. Um, <laughs> the pantser. The pantser. <laughs> I, I, that is one of my concerns. So about it is it it. it, it d- it has a sense of humour, and I think it needs to grow that a bit more. It's a dark sense of humour, and we see it particularly through Oswald, and I think that's why his character has really stolen the, the show. Uh, he has <clears throat> the absolutely wonderful Carol Kane playing his very strange mm-hmm. mother, and that stuff mm-hmm. where it really gets freaky and weird, I really love about it. Those moments, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, him going home to visit his, his, his this strange creature who is mother and sitting in this big claw-footed um, iron bath uh, in her apartment. Mm-hmm. All that stuff I love. I would, mm-hmm. you know, go in mm-hmm. that direction a bit more. Don't be afraid to embrace the freak, you know, because Gotham, mm-hmm. Batman, there's a lot of freak going on. And if you're going to go, you know, Arkham Asylum, feel free to embrace all that and so we can really understand how these people become these twisted supervillains. Um, right. So... Uh, I, I think if they can almost be a bit bolder uh, and and not and hopefully someone like Ben Headland will encourage them to embrace their freak, uh, then I think you can have something truly truly uh, unique and worth watching. Well, if Ben can't, I don't know who could. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
just, I suppose just to end on the uh, on the superhero thing, have you watched any of Agents of Shield, which is the only Marvel uh, entree in the in the TV states yeah, at the moment? Uh, yeah, I watched the first uh, three or four episodes. Um, there, there was nothing that I took away. Again, it's pretty young people that are doing incredible things, like doctors and lawyers and scientists, and it's like, oh, no thanks. You really dumb. hate young people, don't you? I don't. I like talented young, young people. I, I people think you hate. They have, they have their place. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I I um, watched. I think the first half dozen of Agents of Shields. Uh, all my friends who have stuck with it, or sorry, I should say, of my friends who have stuck with it, um, many of them say it, it was right towards the end of the first season, uh, and particularly because it sort of intersected with the last um, plot of the last Captain America movie that it got um, it got really good. Uh, don't think it's something I'll go back to. Um, it was a bit procedural for me. It felt very much like NCIS Marvelverse. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if that sticks around and how much more um, uh, how much more superhero shows we get on TV seeing it's taking over our cinema sc- screens. Yeah, I, I hope not too much, to be honest. I'm... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's not enough just to have a superhero. You need to have a superscript, and you can quote me on that. Okay, I I I think on that note, I don't think I can top that, uh, Ryan Curtis. I think you've summed it all, nope. summed it all up there. Summarily summed it up. <laughs> now, do you know what we're going to be talking about in our next episode? I do. In fact, we're going to be talking about two shows, and one of them you've had a head start on, uh, which is called Kingdom. Um, yes. And do you know what the other one is? No. It's a zombie show called Town of the Living Dead. Oh, yes. Yes. You picked both of these. Mm, no, you picked Town of the Living Dead, I think. Doesn't sound like something I would pick. Okay. <laughs> and being that I've never heard of it, I don't think it was me. <laughs> Town of the Living Dead. I, it, what I, channel is that I on? don't. I don't know. It's on the internet. Uh, and no. I haven't actually watched any yet. So we'll see how oh, we go okay. with that. Well, uh, Kingdom's... Uh, Looks like there's 10 episodes. Kingdom is uh, set around Venice Beach in LA and is about um, MMA fighting. Uh, oh, cool. And That's a family awesome. involved in a... Um, in a fight club, um, but they do cool. they do talk about fight club a lot. So uh, very dark and gritty. Uh, we'll be talking about that and whatever happens in the town of the zombies. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, follow us on at TV Chinwag or look us up on TVChinwag.com. All our back episodes. If you're looking for something to watch on television, or listen to one of our podcasts and we will tell you uh, whether something's worth watching, not watching or hanging in there until it gets good. Um, thanks very much from Jules. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening. If you like it, please tell a friend. We were supposed to have a friend on this episode. Our, our friend from Instech Magazine, Stacey Gillard, was supposed to join us, uh, which probably should have said at the top of the show, but unfortunately she wasn't able to. I'm only saying it because we announced it on Twitter. Um, but she fell ill, unfortunately, the poor thing. So she couldn't make it, but we will have her back. We will definitely have her back. And get her informed opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, it would be good to um, uh, have Stacey on to talk about one of these many shows. Um, and because, you know. Because I know she had something <coughs> to say about Gotham. I know. So we'll I think she might have been more on. Her quick opinion. Yes, it'd be interesting because I know she wasn't, uh, she wasn't a huge fan of the early episodes anyway, but I'm not sure if she kept watching. Anyway, tune in next week for more TV Chinwag. Thanks for listening. 
If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send mail to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.